Welcome to the Million Dollar Career, where we show you how to plan, build, and supercharge your own million dollar career. I have with me today my returning guest host, Craig Picken. Craig is president of North Star Search Group based in Wilmington, North Carolina, an industry-leading executive search firm specializing in aviation and aerospace. Welcome back, Craig. Rob, how are you? How was your 4th of July weekend? It was uh, It was good. It was quiet. It was, uh, yeah, not, uh, yeah, three days, uh, well, three and a half days, because I kind of took half Friday off. You it was so good. Done. It was good. Just good. I live at the beach, but, you know, the locals can't go near the beach. I know, On man. 4th of July, it gets so crowded. So exactly. uh, I do other things. So uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about uh, throwing the red flag. So for all our viewers out there who watch NFL, everyone knows the feeling of when your team scores a touchdown or something or a big play and you see the red flag being thrown by the opposing coach. There's seven NFL officials out there calling a game and uh, it's just something that the NFL instituted several several years ago to install accountability on the part of the refs. And if there's an egregious call, then the coaches have, I think two red flags to use during the football game. And, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, when it first came out, I was not a big fan of it. But, boy, it's really it's really provided a lot of drama to some of these big games, even Super Bowls. So, so you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you about the red flag. I know you're a big uh, Pat Mahomes fan, big football fan. And I want to try and apply it towards how does it relate to corporate America, to organizations? How can they use the proverbial red flag? So I'll put it back on you. Craig, so first of all, what do you think about the red flag in the NFL anyways? Well, I, you know, I think what it does is it, yeah, look, it's, there's a, there's a lot of action happening. It's happening fast. You know, officials are human. They either, you know, you either miss it, you don't see it, or, you know, you just, it's too close to call. Yeah. And, you know, all of a sudden now you put an instant replay in and, you say, let's, you know, it's kind of like the appeals judge, you know, it's like the appeals judge. You could, you know, you, you, you know, convicted of something or some lawsuit goes against you and Hey, look, this isn't right. I want to appeal it. Yeah. And I think that's what happens. Sometimes the coaches win, sometimes they lose. So, but I think what it does is adds an element of fairness to the game and yeah. takes some of the pressure off the, officials because hey look if they get overruled by instant replay like hey look okay that's cool we'll accept the we'll accept that we were wrong we'll accept the uh we'll accept the 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 reality yeah the head referee who throws the the proverbial red flag on me in most cases is my wife she's the one that says all right i'm calling bs on that and it's like i can almost see her pulling the red flag out of her pocket and throwing it on the front line. <laughs> you know? And I think, I think we all need that. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like, we're all heroes in our own self-published stories, but the reality is sometimes a little bit different. Well, the way I look at my wife and she's, you know, the way I look at her is she's got a vested interest in my business as well. Yeah. And, you know, right. it's, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, Hey, look, we're partners in life and, She's got a vested interest. And if I come home and say, hey, I want to go spend $50,000 on some thing, be whatever. You know, first she's, thing she says to me is, what are you going to get out of it? You know, yeah. obviously you're going to go spend $50,000 or $10,000 or whatever on your, on your business. Her first question is, what are you going to get back on it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, are you going to get your money back? And is it, you know, are you going to get 
double your money back? Is it going to be double the value or triple the value or whatever the internal rate of return should be? And then she makes me explain why I want to do it. And a lot of times I like that. Yeah, a lot of times it pisses yeah. me off because you feel like, hey, I'm being questioned. But then you come, you back up, and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe it wasn't such a great idea after all, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it kind of forces us to resist, you know, temptations, exist urges. And I'm thinking about, you know, organizationally, I'm thinking, what about outside input? I, I, I've always thought outside input is kind of a way of throwing our own <laughs> red flag against our own organizations or ourselves, mm -hmm. don't you think? Yeah, well, well look, I, you, you know, so you work with a lot of insurance producers. And, you know, I've, I've been a, essentially a salesperson all my life. And over the years, I'm getting a lot of gray hair now. I'll tell you who I really appreciate is finance people. Because finance people yeah. cry BS on the salespeople. You know, the salespeople are motivated and sometimes incentivized to bring in deals, you know, and insurance or whatever, you know. But, you know, I just, you know, the companies that I was in, the salespeople were incentivized to bring in the deals. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, what they weren't necessarily incentivized to do, you know, they want to get the deal. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. They want the revenue. They want the commission. They want the sale. They want the company to get the, you know, to book it. You know, it's not all selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want the customer to be happy. But then the finance person comes in, they look at the deal, and they go, this isn't a profitable deal. There's no sense in us doing this deal because either we're going to give it away, we're going to lose money on it. And I look at the finance people now, and like when I where, where I started my career was in you know big jets. It was selling you know, fifty million dollar airplanes. You know, like you know, the finance person comes in and looks at that deal yeah. and goes, "Hey, look, no, it's not profitable. We're not going to make any money on it. Let's just not do it." And you're pissed, but the reality of the matter is, it's better for the company to not do the deal. Yeah. Did you ever have a have a situation or a deal where you're selling one of those big jets and you're thinking? Man, I'm I'm going to close this deal, or maybe it's a package deal, and you are find yourself to be a little bit over exuberant, only to find out once you talk with the numbers guy, like, "Hey, Craig, what in the f are you thinking about, man?" Yeah, sure, <laughs> that happened. But I'll tell you a flip story. I'll tell you a flip story. Is you know, uh, VP of Sales, huge deal, like huge multi-billion-dollar deal, and because he was the VP of Sales, yeah, he was, yeah, he was in charge of the big deal, big fleet customer. And he was structuring a really crappy deal. It was really bad. And the finance person who was in, you know, sort of, you know, the devil's advocate of the deal, yeah, yeah. looking over his shoulder, saying, no, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. And here's why. And he would get mad. And he would get, he was just getting irate. And the finance person said, the, the way you want to structure the deal is bad. Yeah. If you shut up, put your ego aside and listen to me, I will help you get this done. Yeah, 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 there you go. We'll just look at it a different way so that the numbers work. And that's what that's what businesses need is, yeah. you know, sometimes that frenemy, you know, no, you can't, I know you can't do it. But if if you allow me to help you, we'll get it done together and you'll be very happy. Yeah, because yeah, I, I I I totally get that, you know, because I think what you said before ties in with that in terms of accountability. Accountability is there, it is one of the reasons why the NFL instituted that rule of 
of coaches being able to throw the flag because it tends to keep the referees more accountable because mm-hmm. if they miss a call, there's a greater chance now that that's going to be shown on television, the replay, the red flag, the whole thing. So it probably even subconsciously, but probably consciously makes them more accountable. And yeah, I think it's the same thing you're saying too. So, you know, this VP of sales, if he would just listen to his finance guy, he's not only going to get a better deal, but it makes him accountable too. Yeah. It well, it makes everybody know. accountable because the numbers don't lie, you know? Well, nobody wants to win a game on a really good or really bad call. So on the flip side, nobody wants to lose a game right. on a really good. Exactly. So so structure, so take a, a large company, for instance, and take a, a large deal where it stretches out over time. And you, you know, it's a very involved process. It's not a tactical, it's a you know, and you're somebody, you know, a couple of years I've seen this happen all the time. People are like, we 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 committed to this big contract. Well, look at Boeing right now. You know, sure. so I'm an aviation guy, and everybody's hearing about Air Force One, the new Air Force One that is in the build process. Trump did the deal, Boeing committed to it, and now Boeing's going, man, we're gonna lose a billion dollars on this program. Wow, really? And they're going back and they're going, why did we commit to this thing? Well, because you did. And now they have to eat it. And now they're after to go back and saying, we're losing a billion dollars. You know, on a couple of jets we're selling to the Air Force to carry the president of the United States around. Those are very involved. You know, nobody wants that. You know, nobody wants to do it. And sometimes it just takes reasonable people to go, this is really stupid. Yeah. The the other thing I was was thinking about, I'd like to get your thoughts on this as well. Attorneys, I don't know if you have any good attorney friends or lawyer friends who who actually try cases, but you know, one of my best friends is a trial lawyer. It's amazing that when he prepares for trial, he'll actually pretend he's he's the opposition and he'll he'll role play, he'll he'll scheme it out. But yeah, he pretends he's the opposition. And that's how he keeps himself accountable. It's like himself throwing a red flag on his whole approach. Yeah. Well, that's exactly, you look at the other guy's shoes. How, you're an executive recruiter. How many times have you gone to your client who's just put, or, or is he thinking about some stupid offer or put a stupid offer in front of somebody? They're all excited about their company. They're all excited about getting this person. Yeah. Yeah. Most times people are very short-sighted. They want the best person for the you know the least amount of money. It's like everything, you know, and they treat it like a commodity. And you come back to them and say, you know, Joe, why would this person do? Why would this person accept this offer? Well, because you're like, no, wait a minute. Exactly. Why would this person accept? You know, if you were you, would you accept this offer? Nah, probably not. Then why are you doing it? I had the same situation happen. Yesterday, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I had a client who uh, is getting ready to place a very senior sales guy in a new state. So it's a brand new territory. And his, his, his background in trade is mostly sales, but he's also built organizations, mm-hmm. built practices, and built, you know, classic build, grow, execute, scale, all that stuff. So they're going to hire hire this guy, and we're talking about the uh, contract and the offer letter, and it's a typical sales deal, you know, 40% on new business, 20% on renew. And I said, well, you know, we've got to build in 
some sweeteners for this guy. Like maybe he's going to have to vest in his book of business over 10, mm-hmm. 15 years, some long-term incentives, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe a very, very small piece of that LLC that's going to be formed in this, you know, halfway across the country mm-hmm. because he's not just a sales guy. He's building you a business. And the guy just, he had a very difficult time in grasping. Well, he's a sales guy. I'm carrying, you know, his mm-hmm. load for the first two years, and I'm just going to pay him commissions. And anyways, we had this long winding discussion at the very end of, end of it. We had a meeting in the minds in that I think he appreciated the fact that it's not just a sales guy. He was going to build him a business so that he has to provide a more ownership centric package as opposed to just another sales guy. So that was, that was a good example of, mm-hmm. uh, of, you know, having an open mind and critically challenging things because I was basically his red team. You know, I, I tell people, I go, look, if you really want your competitor's best salesperson, finance person, general manager, whatever, Nobody walks across the street for 5,000 bucks and a kiss. Mm -hmm. You're talking to people, you're saying, change your life. You know, switching jobs is a new, is a stressful, it's stressful. Yeah. You know, it's new location, new people. You know, there's a lot of stress. Nobody's going to do it for just, right. You know, are you just switching geography or are you really moving to something better? Or are you just switching yeah, geography? Exactly. Yeah. And that's the, I think that's my red flag to people. I go, why are you doing this? Are you just, you know, you know, big company to big company. I always ask them like, why are you exchanging a known for an unknown? Yeah. There better be a damn good reason Yeah. why you're doing that. And it can't be just money. Yeah. In my, in my world, I was talking to a guy not too long ago and he wanted, he's like, he worked for Eaton Corporation, big publicly traded. You know, yeah. And he's like, well, I want to know if there's anything good, like at Honeywell or GL. I'm like, dude, why are you, it's big company stuff. Right. You know, all you're doing is switching geography. And, you know, I'm like, why don't you look at small companies where you can really make an impact? Smaller companies where you can really make, oh, smaller companies. Smaller companies are, they're more, you know, they're, they're, he doesn't, he, they're more unstable. He doesn't like the environment. I'm like, all right, let's just look back at the history of the last 20 years. Yeah. Who's laid off people, big companies. Who's taken those people that got laid off. There are a lot of, a lot of decent talent, small companies, yeah. small companies grow. Big companies are you know, kind of flat. Yeah. yeah. They're not doing anything. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, You've got a military background, so mm-hmm. I was going to ask you as well, Craig. So, you know, in the military, the big thing is red teaming. You know, you put together a concept of operations in the Army called the CONOP, and uh, the big thing is you bring your red team in. It's it's other colleagues, and they challenge the hell out <laughs> of the mission plan. Did you guys do something similar to that when you were in the Navy, in aviation? Or? Yeah, we did all the time, to be honest with you. And, you know, a lot of times, too, it was – like you, know, you get a bunch of big egos in the room, the more senior, the more senior guys or the more crusty, you know, I was a Navy Lieutenant. So, you know, I was always the, the most junior guy. Sometimes it was the most junior guy in my crew. It goes, I'm not sure I do that. And you're looking at all like, why? Yeah. Goes, well, yeah. because, you know, this is, like, Ooh, I didn't see that. He did. You know, he's looking at, he's learning, he's yeah. learning, but he's, you know, while he's learning from the, the crusty people, or she's learning from the crusty people. They come up and go, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. But so yeah. as a as a naval officer, 
which is what you were, oh, Lieutenant. Did does the Navy, as the well, let me put it this way: in the Army, you know, the senior NCOs really run the Army. Okay, you know, the the, the E six, E sevens, and stuff. I'm wondering if in the Navy, this the senior NCOs yeah. have as much influence as they do in the army. I'm just curious. I don't know. You know? Yeah. It's the chief petty officers, chief petty, officer, yeah, the chief petty officers of the Navy. And, and they, you know, it's pretty notorious. They run, they kind of run stuff, you know, like they're almost like the mafia. They run things. Right. Yeah. I had many a times where I had some, you know, chief petty officer come on and go, Hey, sir, you're in charge, but I'm not sure I do that. You look at them going, all right, why, what's up? They go, well, you know, right. <laughs> you know, the cooler has, you know, all right, chief, I get it. Okay. You know, no problem. Sometimes you overruled them. Yeah. Sometimes you're the boss. It's just like, you're the senior person. You're the one who's responsible because you're the senior person. Yeah. You can't sit there and go, Hey, you know, when, when all the hell breaks loose, you go, I can't go. The chief petty officer told me it was a bad idea because ultimately you're the senior guy and you're in charge. So, yeah. You, you could listen, but you have to make your own decisions. And I think that's, you know, but I think ultimately, you know, the, the nice thing about, you know, this is where I talk about companies and teamwork, put your ego aside. You know, the old expression, ego is not your amigo. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You got to put your, you got to put your ego aside and say, maybe I'll just listen for a minute or I'll shut up. Yeah. Um, that's just good stuff. No, you know, it's amazing how much, the military does because it truly is a metal on metal business. You know, there's no room for mistake or error. People get killed if things don't go exactly right. It, it it's really interesting how how uh, many of these military principles like red teaming mm -hmm. has seeped into the corporate world and how it works. You know, you get these civilian guys who are CEOs and stuff and are like, I don't know, Rob, that's special ops, that's military. You know, extreme ownership is mm -hmm. a good example. You know, uh, Jocko Willis wrote a book about that. And it, it's always amazing to me how we can take these military principles and, and you know, transfer them over to the civilian side. And the shit works, man. You know? Well, that's the thing about being, look, I got nobody. I, I tell my clients, I go, look, it's me. You know, it's me. I'm a small, I'm a small entrepreneur. But if, if, it, if I don't deliver, I got nobody to blame. It's me. Exactly. Yeah. And I go, all right. If, 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 you know, it's, that's it. So that brings a different level of responsibility. You can't hide. You know, you got people in big organizations, big companies. It drives me crazy. Yeah. You know, they don't do, they don't earn their pay. They don't, they don't come in. They don't do a day's work for a day's pay. Yeah. They want to blame everybody. And, and, you know, then they're like, when layoffs come, they don't understand why they got laid off. Like, well, you know, you deserved it. But then you've got people in the organization and this is, you know, well, you take your, you know, what happens to the best person in the organization? People dump more stuff on them. Of course. Yeah. 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 I, I was, you know, somebody was talking about, I got more responsibility, but I didn't get more pay. Didn't get more benefits. Didn't get more. They just take the stuff and they, they find the best person. Oftentimes it's a lady and they just keep throwing it on them. Here, yeah. can you, can you do this? Take this, take this. Yeah. 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 And then one day they wake up and that person's gone. Why is that person gone? Because you didn't appreciate the fact that they took out a bunch yeah, of stuff of and you didn't do anything yeah. to help them out. Yeah. No, this is all good stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, throwing the red flag. I'm going to have a new appreciation next time I watch an NFL game about somebody throwing the red flag because 
it really does all these things. It, it, you know, it provides outside input from the coaches, from the NFL office, who watches the replays, accountability. I like the mm-hmm. lawyer approach, you know. Mm-hmm. You've got the empowerment of your teams. And uh, my favorite is always going to be red teaming. Red teaming is a is a killer app, man. If you have red teaming in your organization, I mean, or even in your personal life, a, a good wife, if you will, man, you're going to avoid a lot of bad decisions. And I think you said this a few months ago, Craig. I think it was Charlie Munger or Warren Buffett said, I think it was Charlie Munger said, life is pretty simple, actually. If you can just avoid making stupid mistakes. <laughs> If you can just avoid doing stupid stuff, you're going to have a very successful life. So, so we'll finish right. the, this. We'll finish this. And this is where people can red team themselves. Yeah. yeah. Social media. Email. Yes. Texts. You know, angry. Politi- you know, angry, you know, accusatory, derogatory. Yes. Reply all. That's where you sit there and go. What am I? What am I really accomplishing if I send this out? Yeah, you're right, man. And that's where people need to red team themselves. More crazy to destroy. Great. So, Craig, how do people get a hold of you, anyways? It's Craig at NorthStarESG.com. I'm on LinkedIn. Just look, find me, Craig Pickin, and you can call me 910-509-7129 in the office. You're doing some great stuff in the aviation and the uh, aerospace field. I read your postings on LinkedIn all the time. And keep up the good work. It's a lot of people depending on you. Keep on informing, inspiring, and entertaining, brother. Okay? You do the same, Rob. Thanks for having right, me man. on. Talk See you, man. All right. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.